0: Fake news. Mr. President, fake news. M- mis- fake Mr. News. President, fake news. Fake I just want to have news one news. thing to say, mis- Mr. President. I'm trying fake fake to get a word in edgewise here, Mr. President. It's not. It's not fake news. Just because you don't like it. A few it. days ago, Mr. fake Mr. news call- enough. Each and every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network brings you the real news, with the poor report, with the late breaking news that really matters. Following is a Journey to Comics Network production. Off, ghost. Ghost. And you're to into Comics Network production. network production. network production. network production. The podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips! Who? Well, Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's episode 197. Holy shit, three away from 200. I am your host, Nate Today I'm joined by no one. We're rolling another solo cast here, burning the midnight oil. We are literally probably getting this episode to you just a pinch later than you guys typically like, so biggest apologies there. Anyways, so let's do some catching up. There's a lot of things going on in my world. I'm going to fill you guys in so you kind of have an insight to what's going on in my brain. So, Uh, Before we get into any comic book news, we're going to get into Nate's life and things that have been going on and why is that shit important and whatnot. So, uh, been doing shows and stuff. You know, we played a show in Indianapolis back on the 16th, I think it was. Pretty sure it was the 16th of June. And we, you know, had a very interesting experience. Uh, it was in this place called Joker's. It was like an upstairs event, lots of stairs with our equipment, and it was like, well, they, we have an elevator, but you have to like not be where you are now. So we had to like drive, and that's a that's a big thing. We were in downtown Indianapolis. It's weird because I didn't mean to tell you guys about like the Joker's Taps live show, but I feel like it's kind of good building to everything that's going on. So we played this show not very many people there but the people that were there were very receptive to us which is one thing i've been very grateful for in my experience in this current run with with walk among us is that people dig what we're doing and they're really nice about it and they are it's really a humbling experience to hear someone be like wow you guys are amazing like you wouldn't have expected what you guys do to come out of you because you don't see stuff like that you know so anyways I don't want to, I'm not trying to be fucking braggadocious. That's not my fucking jam. Back to it. So we played this show, and it was just like an alright show, you know. And uh, the previous show we played the weekend before that was kind of muddied because there was like some, I guess we'll call it Yoko drama. I don't know. That's not the right word. But there was some drama going on, uh, not within the band really, but just within a member of the band and their spouse. Pretty simple to figure out, but anyways, that drama was happening, and it kind of affected the whole group, and then fast forward, you know, before we even get to this weekend, um, as you guys know, I keep going down to my pops' house, I help him work on his house and get his fucking garage painted and all this shit, we're trying to make his house look super swank, because we've got this big first birthday for Sawyer, my sister's kid, coming up in like less than a month now. Uh, So the clock is ticking. We've got stuff left to do. And in the middle of having stuff left to do, like life is like, nah, man, we're going to make things way fucking harder for you. It's weird because typically I would probably talk about this on The Voice of Survival and like talk about my trials and tribulations and things I'm going through and whatnot. But uh, this is where I'm doing it to start the show. Uh, Hopefully that doesn't deter you. I will be definitely talking about comics and stuff here in a few short minutes. I promise there's some weird correlations, and that's something I want to also get into, how the universe mimics and makes things happen that don't really make sense or add up until they totally, completely add up, and you see the bigger picture back to it. So Dad and I are talking, and he's like, hey, you know, come down on Thursday. And I'm like, oh, that's the plan. I'll come down this next Thursday I'll you know hang out and whatnot. I'll visit with him. Everything will be sweet. So we are doing our thing, and I text dad, and it's bad news. Um, it's about my uncle. I don't know. It's I don't know if I've said it on Journey into Comics or whatever, but there's a really terrible situation. My uncle got put in the hospital to have some stuff done to his pancreas. Uh, The hospital fucked up and punctured his colon. He almost pretty much goes septic, uh, which can kill you, and inevitably it's killing him. He is literally in a bed in his house right now dying. That's where we get to because Fast Track, They, uh, they took him off life support last Tuesday it would have been and i saw that text and you know i'm i've lived in my life for 31 years and i don't know everything but i know some things and uh, seeing they took your uncle off of life support read to me your uncle has passed away right so, I got very emotional, uh you know, me and my uncle Ron weren't and aren't like the ultra closest. It's not like we bro down all the time. I don't think we ever like really did any one on one activities, but I enjoyed his company. I loved being around him. He was always just trying to be kind of silly and happy, and he was a jubilant dude, you know uh so uh i was I was still very devastated because. Empathy kicks in. I start thinking about my dad. That's his his fucking older brother, and it's like my aunt's older brother, and and the, my my side of the family, like Phillips's, There we are decreasing rapidly in numbers. I'm becoming one of the fewer in my pack of in, uh, you know us Phillipses. So uh, I get that text, and it's just like, okay, well. What's going on? And dad goes, well, he's, uh, he chose to go off life support. He wants to go home. Okay, wait, what? So he made the decision to get the stuff off of him. He was done being hooked up to machines to live, and he wanted to not feel that anymore. So he says, hey, uh, Take this shit out of me. I'm done, right? And they decided to move him home on Thursday, the day I was going home. So the universe plays this really tricky fucking card, you guys, because my mental is I'm going home till I do work. I kind of sometimes when I'm there and I'm doing stuff for dad at the house, like, grinding the paint off of the garage or whatever I kind of lock into this like meditation state I typically have music on I'm doing a task and I just get lost in it right and sometimes that's very therapeutic for me and I kind of felt like I needed it like after the rough couple shows we've had and like this the the tension there's weird tension so and especially tension from the stuff that's been going on um with my uncle Ron so We are, you know, I'm driving to Hoopston. And dad calls me. He's like, hey, what's up? And I was like, oh, I'm on the way. And he's like, okay, well, I'm not home. I'm at your uncle's house. Uh, They took him home. And I was, like, really taken aback by that. Because I didn't know, again, I wasn't sure what all was going on. Like, what his condition was. I hadn't seen him since he was in the hospital. They'd moved him to Indianapolis. And as weird as this sounds, like, we The only time I had been in Indianapolis this whole year was for this show that we just did. So we fucking didn't stop, which I kind of regret, but that's besides the point. We didn't stop to see him and drove home. But now I'm driving to Hoopston back to Thursday and dad calls and says, "I'm I'm here with your uncle. Nancy's here, some family's here. What are you going to do? What do you want to do? And I told him, I was like, really honestly, I don't know right now how I could handle. Like, I wasn't sure what state he was in, and I hadn't seen him almost a year, you know, uh, just because he traveled a lot and did a lot of shit. And we travel a lot. So, I mean, a bunch of traveling motherfuckers. You can't get together. It's hard, you know. Families are tough. You guys fucking know. So we, uh, I hadn't seen him in about a year and I was just like, I'm not sure, man, dad. Like, I don't, I don't really know how I feel, right? I don't know how I feel because I didn't really evaluated. Most of my feeling in this whole situation to start wasn't thinking about me losing a family member. It was me thinking about other family members having to feel loss and it being a family member. And uh, I had to finally like evaluate how I felt, and I was I told him I was like I wasn't I'm not sure man I'm gonna go to the house I'll uh, try to get my shit together and like maybe start doing some work, get this last wall taken care of and then we can be done with this fucking garage, and then we'll be chilling we'll be able to hang out and just do whatever. So. I go to his house and I go upstairs and I'm just like sitting there for a minute and I'm trying to like feel my feelings out and I'm like having a lot of emotions and going through a lot of different things and there's like a lot of anger because this hospital, you know, like killed him. And I just, I'm like bubbling and I'm not sure what to do. And my first thought was like, you know, I love podcasting. Maybe I should just record a podcast right now. I do journey into comics like this actual episode that I'm recording right now I was thinking about doing and I didn't do it here's why so I got myself together get ready to do it I'm gonna run downstairs really quick grab a drink head back upstairs and get locked into this podcast now one thing one tiny little detail I forgot to mention is uh, my pop said when he talked to me he's like hey I also need my medicine I don't have my blood pressure medicine with me I forgot it I fucked up you know I was like, oh, great, lovely. Just what I needed to think about. My dad also not having himself together with his health. Lovely, okay, great. So I was like, well, let me know if you're, like, what time you might be coming home. I can always run it over to you. Maybe if I'm feeling it, you know, okay. You know, like, maybe I would see Uncle Ron in that state and mentally be okay with it. Um, may you know like I was saying I was telling dad like later if I'm feeling it that could be a thing I wasn't even committing to it at that point because I was uncertain and uh so I go downstairs to get the drink I come down the stairs to my dad's house and I look out the window and he's there my pops is at the house and I'm like whoa hey what's up man he's like I came to get my medicine and I was like oh okay cool so I'm talking to him for a minute and I'm just like what's going on He gave me the rundown They asked my uncle, hey, Ron, do you want to still be hooked up to these machines and try to until we can figure something out until they can maybe figure out a way to fix whatever's going on or what? And he said, get this shit off of me. And they said, "Okay." And then he said, I want I just want to go home. So they took him home. And that's a theme for today, by the way, folks, is one thing I want to mention. The word home is very important today. Uh, so I talked to my dad for several minutes and like right before that, it's weird how I tell my stories cause sometimes I forget like the little in the in-betweens and then it's like, Oh shit. Yeah, that happened too. So my sister had called and her and I had like a little heart to heart and chatted for a few minutes and she was again, we're both feeling the same thing. We're grieving for the fact that they're grieving at this point. We haven't processed our own grief yet. We're so fucking focused on making sure they're okay because those people, my Uncle Ron, my Aunt Jane, my dad, they're the fucking rocks of our family, you guys. And this is this is the foundation getting fucking shattered right now. And her and I were more worried about them. So her and I talked, Sam and I talked for several minutes and kind of just like hashed it out. And I was like, well, if you need me, just, you know, pick up a phone. I'm right here. There's no need not to call. You know, she reaches out all the time and stuff, whatnot. So talking to dad in the kitchen and he's like alright well I'm heading back for a little bit what do you want to do and I took two deep breaths and I said I'm going got myself together went ahead and uh, you know sat in that car with my dad man and we took a drive and we drove out to my uncle's house uh, about 40 minutes away and I uh, hadn't been there in a while. I, God, it was so weird because it had been so long I didn't remember what it looked like, honestly. Like, I can honestly tell you guys, I felt like it was the first time I'd ever been in that house and I'd been in there a couple times as a kid. Again, though, Ron and Nancy traveled all the time. Man, Nancy, right? So, whew, we uh, we got there. And everybody, listen, everybody deals with shit. Everybody's had death. I'm not trying to, like, specialize my drama by broadcasting it to you. It's kind of fucking therapeutic right now to say this shit and know that y'all are hearing this shit and that y'all have gone through stuff too, right? And that's that's the fact. Everybody goes through crazy life and death stuff. You might be dealing with some stuff right now. And it's fucking hard. It's the hardest thing. It's impossibly hard. It's hard on a level that is like almost inhumane. You know, it's just, it's weird. So we uh we get there and as soon as you open the door you see him like he's posted up in this bed and his head is cocked to one side you know and his hair is super like kind of wet little you know i would say like sweaty maybe i don't i that's probably not the right term he might have just like had maybe had a little sponge bath or something i'm not sure So I looked at him, and immediately I'm just stabbed to death in my heart because it's not him. Like, the guy I know as my Uncle Ron is not there at all. He's not looking at me. He's not there, you know? And uh, I, uh, I said some things to him. You know, I told him that I would always live my dreams like he did him. He did his dreams because this dude, man, like uh, my Uncle Ron was a badass. He served in Vietnam. He was a postman for like 30 some fucking odd years. He he fucking bowled all the time and was bad as fuck at bowling. Good, good, good as fuck, I guess is the best way to say that. He was great at bowling. And would go to all these tournaments and shit and just kick ass right had this badass Ford Mustang like two thousand and two I think it was or two thousand three maybe might have been a ninety five something like that so it's 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 older right so uh I'm looking at him, and I'm just like, man, listen, I was like, if there's any part of you that can hear me, just know that I will live my dreams to the fullest and I will have a fucking great life like you did no matter what. Like that's the best I can do. And I want you to just keep fighting man as long as you can. Just be strong for us because this process is going to be really hard to lose you. And it really fucking sucks and I told him I was thankful for him cuz when I was a kid he fucking let me interview him about his time in the war and like I got to learn all this cool shit yeah yeah it was really it's um it was really really hard uh so we we spent some time there and hung out And, uh, you know, we, uh, we're going to go, we're going to take off. And, you know, we, I said, you know, I'm not, I refute. I told him, I was like, I I won't say goodbye because I feel like whatever's next. I'll see you then, you know? And we left. And then I recorded the voice of survival with Tyler. Swear to God, true story. Got back to Dad's, ate really quick, went up, got together. Tyler and I got our shit together, and we recorded that podcast. So uh that was intense. And then I like had to immediately upload it and shit. It was kind of a nightmare, but we got it together. So now 18 minutes deep into this fucking thing. Sorry for a little bit of uh, sadness there. Uh, hopefully it didn't bring down your Monday, but uh, it's it's what's going on in my world, you guys. So that's a little piece of it. So back to it. We fast tracked to this next Saturday where we have another show in indie indie. And I don't know why I stuttered indie indie there. That was weird. We had a show in Indianapolis, and we, you know are getting our shit together and getting ready as we always do. Sorry, I needed a drink there, y'all. Is that unprofessional to do? I don't even know or care anymore. Uh not that I'm not feeling professional, it's just uh I guess at this point I've I've like, I pretty much cried on the podcast. So I've done it all. You guys officially have pretty much most of my emotions uh recorded live. Enjoy those for what you want to use them for. I do not care. Uh, But back to it. So it's Saturday, and we're getting ready, and we're all getting ready to go, and it's like my Saturdays have been kind of busy. Typically, I've had to get the best of the week edited and put up, and then, like, get the set list for our show made and put together and make sure all of our gear is packed properly and uh, secured, make sure the truck is fueled up and ready to go, make sure I know where I'm going, like, all these little details. And this show, this weekend was... Especially special because we got to go to my buddy Cy's house. Now, we met Cy a couple years ago when we first played the Punk Rock Night at, in, in Indianapolis. Uh, his band, Delta Queen, debuted and opened for us that night, and it was cool. So, Cy had invited us over for a barbecue, and I was like, all right, we'll, we'll take off at like 1 or so, and that'll be awesome. And for some reason, I was like kind of slow rolling that. That Saturday, though, I was like kind of dragging butt. And Rob had said he had to get off work at like 2. So I'm like, all right, Rob will get here at like 2.30 or 3. They'll probably roll out like Sarah will roll with Rob a little later. So V and I will go ahead and take down the equipment now. But we waited. And as we're waiting, we get a text. And there's some, again, turbulence going on. And pretty much initially... I don't know. I guess I'm not going to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this, you guys. I don't want to bring up the stuff that, like, the really behind-the-scenes stuff because, unfortunately, like, the wrong ears, man. Like, that's all I can say. Anyways, we go down to Size place. And fucking whoa. So Sarah Veronica and I get to Size place. And everybody's there hanging out, and he's got some friends over that I don't haven't met yet, and whatnot. And like we're all mingling and saying what's up, how's it going, and just it's a great time. It's immediately a great environment when you are at Sai's place. He's so inviting, and like has just a loving household. It's 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 fantastic. So we uh, you know we get there, we we're we're chilling, we're doing whatever, and just like kind of mingling. And a couple of us go and decide we're gonna hang out in the garage and just chit-chat and bullshit a little bit and get out of the house. And so we, you know, we do that. Sorry, guys. By the way, fucking cats, am I right? Like, can we just sidetrack if you're a podcaster and you have cats? That the cat decides anytime during your show, like, hey, I'm going to be in your house and be annoying. Fuck you, dude, you podcaster. So anyways, uh, we're chilling and we're waiting for the food to come. And we're all just bullshitting and bantering and whatnot, and we're recapping kind of some of the stuff that had been going on in our world, because these people are all like on every, like, they're like, they're just so excited to hang with us. We haven't got to see these people in so long, some of these folks, because uh, like Cy's sister was there, uh, Amber, she's a great lady, and Size's girlfriend, Kristen, is awesome, and then, like, Kristen had a friend named Kristen who was there, which was very strange and bizarre, but awesome, no less. And there was, like, Charlie and Andy or Adam. I suck with names. And then Noah was there. Uh, There's a lot of people there. So, you know, we're bantering in the garage and whatnot. And uh, the food's up. And you guys know me. I have a food podcast, Right. So I go, and I'm like, okay, cool, food's ready. On it, you know? And they have these big ass, like, it's literally the fucking chicken leg into the fucking thigh. It's not even two pieces. It's just one perfectly sized piece. It's like a caveman fucking piece of meat, right? So I'm like, cool, let's get on this. So I grab the the chicken, and I'm like, into that. And there's some potato salad, and I'm a big potato salad aficionado, so I put some of that shit on there. And then, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, let's just go about it like this. We're going to go ahead and get some corn. Oh, my God, there's corn on the cob, and it was grilled on the motherfucking grill. So let's get it on. So I grabbed myself a corn on the cob. I'm so into that. There's also, like, some, like, caramelized perfect onion bulbs that were in the grill that were like fucking fantastic so I ate so fast I was just like scarf mode boom 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 get done with that we hang out a bit longer you know the usual band banter and what have you we take off to the venue Great night, played with an awesome band a couple awesome bands, like the Mathematics were great, Filth and Majesty was great, Deadbeat Sailors were great, and then we played and it was so much fun. It was Glenn Danzig's birthday, Rob was there, the whole band was kicking ass. We were taking names, the energy was hot. It was it was fun. We love playing punk rock night. It's one of the coolest venues for punkers and punk rock people alike to experience, right? So that's what I've been doing lately. We had this fucking cookout today that we went to and I got to like chill out by the beach. I'm so mellow right now because of that. Because I was laying in sand on the beach. There was water hitting my feet. Sometimes I was standing up and I was skipping rocks. Sometimes I was going deeper into the water just because it felt very nice. I laid in that sand for so fucking long just melting because it felt so good it it really did it felt it felt fucking awesome to just lay around in the sand like I've had this really crazy week you know shit's going down with my uncle and like shit's going down in the band's life we've had like miscommunications and whatnot and things going on and whatnot and like lots and lots and lots of traveling I mean two hours to and two hours back in one day that's another thing I did that two weekends in a row. Last weekend was not as hard as this most recent weekend. Most recent weekend, we didn't get home until almost 5 a.m., and the fucking sun is coming up, and I'm will, I will, I'm like, I've been up for like 20 hours right now, and if I don't drink this Red Bull, we're going to crash. So I drank the Red Bull like I'm doing now, and uh, I'm super weird, by the way. That's a great segue. Out of the weekend that I had. And the sand that I had today. Which was so much fun. It was a great time. Lots of great food today. Um, By the way. Backtrack to that potato salad. Just want to say. Five star for whatever the fuck Sai did. It was the most incredible potato salad I've ever had. It actually makes me want to like. Try to recreate it or do better. But I digress. Anyways. So. To the Red Bull. I've been doing this weird thing where um, they have these different, like, the blue edition, the orange edition, the red edition, the green edition, the yellow edition. And they've got a couple other ones that are, like, sugar-free and whatnot, right? But all of the tabs are different colors. And coincidentally enough, they're actually colors of Infinity War, like the Infinity Gauntlet, right? The different Infinity Stones, if you will. So, I've just been drinking one of each can, and when the can is finished completely, I pop the top off without breaking it, and then I'm I'm collecting the Infinity Stones. As of right now, I only have two more stones to go. There are two more stones on Earth. Find them and bring them to me, my children. I don't think that's what he says, but I don't give a shit. Let's talk about comic shit, man. Half hour in, haven't touched comics Whoa! Took you, taking you, took you, taken you guys. What the fuck? My words are coming out all wobbly now. I have taken you guys on an emotional journey before we've even started a journey into comics, and now we're gonna start the actual show where we talk about comic book shit. Like, man, Disney is about to own motherfucking Fox. Can we just discuss that for a second? I fucking love this news. It's the best thing I can hear, but it's not official yet. But here's some things in case you didn't know. First of all. Fox did, in fact, accept Disney's $71.3 billion offer that is a mix between cash and stocks. The only thing is, the term accepted isn't necessarily, that's like, accepted means they acknowledge that the biggest offer on the table right now is Disney. They're going, okay, well, we aren't ignoring that offer. That's what we will take if no if no better offers are presented, which means right now Comcast has an opportunity to like, make an offer, which kind of fucking sucks when you think about it. I don't know that they will though, and here's why. By the way, Disney is going to take on the agreement that they will take over all of Fox's net debt, essentially making the overall transaction $85.1 billion worth, right? It gets fucking crazier, you guys. It gets crazier than that, because check this shit out. And this is the cool part. Uh, Actually, Disney and Fox's deal, right, is already in the process of being approved with, by antitrust, uh, the U.S. regulators, right? So, Disney increases their bid to the, sev- whatever I said, I, I don't have the stat up now, of course, because I fucking suck, you guys. Uh, $71.3 billion, right? So, that deal is good, and... The U.S. regulators are going to pass the antitrust approval as as fast as two weeks. So the United States Justice Department could fast-track this deal as fast as two weeks. That is, if, that is if Comcast does not come with a stronger offer now. Fuck off Comcast. We don't want to play these games. It's weird because they're not fighting over the shit that we care about in this deal. They're fighting over shit like The Simpsons and they're like Fox and, or not Fox, uh, Disney and Comcast are fighting over shit like the different TV series that are big for them, you know? Uh, Because that's where their money is really going to be long term made, is some of those shows. So, I mean, granted, the movies are huge, but there's, you know, longevity and consistency and whatnot. I digress. So. It seems like the AT&T acquisition that happened that has been talked about on the Poor Rapport um, is actually partially to, I guess, blame for the fast-tracking of the Disney-Fox deal, if it is to go through. So it seems like right now, what when was this uh, most recent article posted? was the 20th. So if tomorrow, or today actually, no, tomorrow, Tuesday, no, today is the 25th, June 25th, you're listening to Journey into Comics on launch day it's June 25th i fucked that up so literally comcast has until this episode release day at midnight the next day so the day the poor report drops this week the 26th if you will will be the end of the possible offers from comcast they only have 5 days to counter so they literally are down to the wire It is Sunday night at 11.31 as I'm recording this part of the show, and there's no offer from Comcast, so they just have Monday today to do that, and if they don't, it's done. Disney is winning, and they're taking Fox, and they're taking back the Fantastic Four. They're taking back the X-Men. They're taking Deadpool back. They're going to be having all kinds of amazingness coming from this news, and I'm very, very excited at the possibilities. We will see, folks, and we'll continue to update you guys, obviously. We've got, uh, you know, we'll have JIC-198, which will come out next Monday. Uh, JIC-199, which will probably be your Ant-Man and the Wasp review episode. And then, oh my god, on the 15th, I think is the date. Let me see, July 15th? Let me double-double that. No, July sixteenth. Excuse me, will be JIC two hundred. Fucking crazy. We have a bunch of people planned for that show. It should be a blast. So excited to talk to everybody who's coming on. Um, probably gonna have Nick Maxon from Bruise with Dudes and Dick Tyner from Poor Report or from Poor Report from Podcastrophe. Uh, AP will not be able to make it from Poor poor. Tyler might be there. We are uncertain. We're hopefully going to lock him down. Veronica from Foodies Watching Movies will definitely be there. Pod mom herself, Sarah, will probably be around. We'll see if she's on the episode. Who knows how she's feeling on that particular day, folks. I've got crazier news. It's not all about Fox and Comcast. Although we have more, or Fox, well, it is Fox and Comcast and Disney, but I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in the works, possibly called Ninja Turtles. Uh, after the Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows flop that came out in, what was that, 2016, uh, it seems that Jim uh, who is the new chairman of, uh, what is the studio? Fuck, I can't remember. Platinum Dunes, maybe? Yeah, it's Platinum Dunes. So, um, homie Jim Giannopoulos, is this new dude who's coming in and everything that they've had, the Platinum Dunes studio, he's going, okay, how can we make this the best? How can we redo this? So it's very possible that we're going to get a better conceptualized turtle for the movie, like as far as their looks, their appearance, possibly a better concept, a different mythos, a changed or added mythos. They're going to bring turtles to a different level. And it's really weird. I don't know if I struggle with this or not. Maybe you guys can throw me your feedback and send some thoughts your my way, but I don't know that I'm into all of the remakes all the time. Like, okay, it was one thing with Spider-Man because it's like, okay, Sony tried a couple times, fucked up, Marvel takes over, that makes sense. Marvel is the right person to do the job, obviously. This is, Platinum Dunes keeps fucking up Turtles and now they're gonna go, okay, well let's try again. Cause I mean, even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows is kind of a soft reboot. It kinda scrubs some of that first movie away subtly. I mean, changing, oh, this that wasn't the real Shredder. There's this new real Shredder, and here's actually Bebop and Rocksteady, and here's Krang and all this shit from your childhood that but it's not quite how you want it to be. It's not quite what you want. But it's close. It's close enough, right? Oh, you still didn't like it. Shit, okay, fair enough. Alright, so Turtles, I'm over that shit. We don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, Let's talk about... Oh god, there's a random-ass video playing. Don't you guys love that when random fucking videos keep playing? What is going on? Oh, there's a way to stop that? It's just... Oh, that's cool. I can just turn my fucking audio off on my computer So when I'm pulling up my different... Uh, that's a big one. Let's talk about that. 36 minutes in, this is a heavy topic. Let's talk about, apparently, this is real, by the way. Oh, uh, apparently, there are these people that put together this campaign, Indiegogo, or something. I'm not going to give them credit. Sorry. You can search it out if you really want to give to their stupid fucking cause. Because it is stupid, and that's my opinion, and that's why you're here. So, What is this opinion? Why is it stupid? What's going on? Let's fast-track it back to where we started here. These fans are trying to raise money. They've raised several millions of dollars, I think, towards their ultimate goal. I think there's... I don't see where it is. is—that They have the actual number... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Here in the original, original article... Um, oh 7 million wow they've raised 7 million dollars so there is a website called remake the last I accidentally plugged them I didn't mean to but they are trying to essentially uh, re- what the fuck that's crazy you guys okay so check this shit out they decided I just did some like last-minute research on the show while you guys were here listening, and you're like, he's, he's reading that shit and not saying anything. This is a terrible podcast episode. I'm not really a fan. Anyway, so here's what's going on, you guys. There's this website that's trying to tell people to donate to it. They're planning on giving $200 million to Disney so they'll remake The Last Jedi because they feel that Disney fucked up and that there's too much of this like divisiveness. The thing that they're not realizing is the best part about The Last Jedi, love it or hate it, it's got everybody talking about Star Wars, and that's all that matters. We're all fucking nerds. There was shit we didn't like about the old school movies. There was shit we didn't like about the prequels. Guess what? We bitched about the prequels, and they were fucking terrible. People still love them. So what? There are parts of those movies that aren't that bad. There are parts of those movies that are fucking awful, you know? So... What do I think of this? I think this is a very poor thing. Okay, listen. The movie's already out. It would be an utter, utter disaster. An utter disgrace. And a slap in the face of the names of the original director of the movie, Ryan Johnson, and the people that worked on that movie, which I thought was brilliant. They did a great, fantastic, fucking fantastic job. The Last Jedi was so good uh but it would just be a slap in their face and it's like so wait now you're going to have episode 8 again and then try to say the other one never came out like it already happened bro everyone's already seen it it made a lot of money uh and a lot of people liked it so fucking get over it man like why the crazy thing i think is they've raised 155 million dollars of their 200 million dollar goal to give to disney they are very close to this and nearing the end. Unless they're lying and just, like, faking the counter going up. I don't know how that shit works. They couldn't do that on Breaking Bad, though, I guess. So they probably didn't do it here. Let's go to uh, my favorite source, comicbook.com, to get some actual fan thoughts from Twitter. What people think about this, uh, this uh, possible remake of Star Wars The Last Jedi... I don't think so, Jack, but let's see what it says. Oh, also, I wanted to mention, these directors are confident that they could use the footage that was shot for Carrie Fisher in the movie and keep it. They want to keep parts of the movie, I guess, because it wasn't that bad. Fucking assholes. Uh, Okay, so back to it. Let's go to the Twitter machines. A remake of The Last Jedi is just going to be a bunch of straight white dudes measuring their lightsabers and saying, actually, for two hours... Another person says, In order to save Star Wars, we are going to remake The Last Jedi with a box of puppets, a package of goggly eyes, and my dad's camcorder. Please give me 300 million pounds. I'm going to remake The Last Jedi and make every character a lady and have Luke Skywalker marry six porgs in a trench coat. Someone put a picture of Peter Griffin in his fort that has a sign that says, No girls allowed. And it says, Proposed The Last Jedi fan remake. Oh my God, there's leaked script for this already? They've already leaked some script for this shit. Let's read what it says. I'm being totally sarcastic. This isn't actually the script, by the way. If you fucking believe that, you're crazy. The Last Jedi Remake script, page one. Exterior space or something. We see Luke Skywalker being cool because he's like our dad, except he actually loves us and is proud of us and would never tell us to get a job even though we don't want to. Luke girls are smelly and bad that's the leak that's the first page shit remake the last jedi except this version is just luke milking every single thalas Thala siren on the island that's actually Thala siren on the island okay that was a little tone twistering I'd like to formally submit my pitch for the Last Jedi remake to anyone that's listening. It's exactly the same as the Last Jedi, except the scene with shirtless Kylo Ren now has a waistline on his pants six inches higher, so pants even higher, closer, probably over his nipples at that point. I, for one, think that the Last Jedi remake looks fantastic. Wait, that's fairly odd, parents, bro. <laughs> that's hilarious la uh, my last Jedi remake is the same movie except everyone is a porg and only speak in porg noises and the porgs are replaced with actual actors making porg noises and super small and can fly. After seeing all the remake the last Jedi nonsense I have one question. Do you uh do you guys not know about fan fiction? Yeah. No, I didn't think so. Uh yeah, this is bullshit guys. Don't buy into this. Don't give them money. They don't need to do that. Uh, it's actually really weird though, because I just pulled up an article as I do. Ryan Johnson, uh, responded to this. And uh, Remake the Last Jedi tweeted, Our team of producers is offering to cover the budget for a remake of The Last Jedi in order to save Star Wars. Share this and spread the word to let Robert, Iger, and Disney know you want this. This isn't a joke. We're ready to have the convo now. Hashtag Remake the Last Jedi. Hashtag Star Wars. Ryan Johnson responded with, Please, 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 please actually happen. Please, please, please. Please, please, prayer hands for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen 10, 11, 12, 13 times. What does that mean? I don't, I think that it's just him more being, and maybe he's being a little sarcastic because he knows that'll never happen, right? Like, oh, yeah, please, please take away my work of, of art by, uh, yeah, please do that, guys. You know, like, It's crazy. Why would they do that? I don't understand. It's just bogus, you guys. I'm not a fan of it at all. Okay, so where do we even go from here? I'm trying to figure out if I have any more Star Wars news to talk about. I don't think I do. I feel like I've got a fuck ton of Star Wars news that I've been not covering yet. Uh, There's a little bit of comic book news, I guess, I need to talk about. Uh, So... Oh man, comic book news! Do I how? I don't, I don't want to even start this. We're this gonna run late, you guys. Um, but I, I it is what it is. Anyways, so comic book news. We'll start here, uh, and this is gonna be difficult. Back to what we were talking about earlier. So, Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, eight hundred one came out, and that's Dan Slott's final book. Interesting because without meaning to today, uh. I read two Dan Slott books to talk about on today's show. And, well, it's just interesting, right? So Amazing Spider-Man 801 is a story that takes place just after, obviously, Amazing Spider-Man 800. That storyline concluded with lots of different things happening. I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't read it yet and you haven't heard me talking about it. Well, then it sucks to suck. Uh, But anyways, 801 is interesting because it's in its own pocket. Uh, The story is told literally the day that Ben Parker is killed, right? So it's actually got art that looks like it's from the 60s OG Spider-Man. Like That's how much care they put into this story, right? And, uh, so I'll break down the story really quickly and then I'll kind of give my perspective. Essentially the story, it's, it doesn't serve as like a launching off point really or anything. It's really Dan Slot saying goodbye to the character in a clever and really emotionally driven way. Uh, it will pull at your heartstrings, especially, it was, a, this was an especially hard read for me. And you guys will again know why here in a short second. So... You read the book, and it's about this guy who goes to this supermarket, or to this uh, like corner market. And it gets robbed by this thug, but Spidey saves the day. And this guy was freaking out that he wasn't going to have time uh, to say goodbye to his father, who was sick and dying in the hospital. And he only had so much time to see him, he knew that his dad was on, like the clock was ticking. And he was worried he was going to miss him, but Spider-Man intervened, save the day, and this dude didn't end up late. And he was always like, oh man, I appreciate Spider-Man for that. And then it kind of fast tracks into the future, and it's Spidey, and he's fighting a bunch of baddies. And uh, this dude gets, uh, you know, he gets to, to help Spidey a little bit and he introduced himself hey i'm kenneth you know like you don't you don't you definitely don't remember me but like i've interacted with you once before spidey and it was like you you don't know what you did for me like it was a really special thing thank you because you gave me the time that i didn't have you get you get, you saved my life and gave me additional time that i didn't think i was going to get so i'm i'm grateful for that Spider's like, oh, well, that's cool. It's pretty cool because the story also shows in the in the back when uh, Parker saves this dude, the origin of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man, and where that comes from. Like, why did he start saying that and whatnot? Essentially, the guy at the corner market, the dude who was getting robbed, uh, says, "What are you gonna he- do?" Uh, oh oh uh yeah he uh he asks if he's going to eat the the burglar. Spider-Man's like no, I'm not going to eat him. I'm going to leave a note that says, "Well, I mean, I'm like not a bad dude. I'm friendly and like a neighborhoody dude. Like I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man." He writes it on the thing. It's like, "Okay, well that's officially in canon. That's awesome." Uh so then you know, fast forward and it's this uncle, this Ken guy, uh, talking to his niece. And she's like, oh, Of all the superheroes we get to meet, why did it have to be Spider Man? Lame. Like, nobody wants that. And he's like, Hey, whoa. Spider Man's a badass. And there's a really cool picture because it's different art now it's not 60 style this they they up kind of give you a little update during the book there's this awesome scene that's like all these different villain fights he's had in this big-ass awesome homage and the the dude ken says he's like spider-man risks his life every day to save moms and dads and you know doctors and preachers and whatever and, and uncles and, uh, he's, he just, he says that like, yeah, Spidey especially is out there saving other people's uncles, you know, and it's very poignant because like Uncle Ben gets killed in the book and whatnot, like in, in the OG Spider-Man and whatnot. And uh, here, it's a, it's, a, it's a hearkening back to that in a way that is so cleverly done. It's just like, here's this beautiful little send-off story. It doesn't affect the future. It doesn't affect what's coming. Ryan Otley and crew are going to like tear up this new Spider-Man book. I'm so pumped to get in on that as soon as it drops. Uh, probably here in the next couple weeks, actually. But... Uh, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 801, heartbreaking. There's some dialogue I would pull it up but I will weep and I you guys don't want that. It'll be very sad. I'm just kind of going off of what I remember. And you know, it was a it was a really great book. It was a really good farewell for Dan Slot. He's a uh he's a brilliant writer and one of the longest tenured writers on Spidey. Uh speaking of Spider-Man, I love that segue. It's so great because you guys Are not even ready for this. What just happened? Holy shit. Tom Holland. Leaked. The actual title. Are you guys ready for this? He leaked the actual title. For the new. Mother effing. Spider-Man movie. The new Spider-Man movie will be called. Spider-Man. Far from home. Uh, It will be Peter Parker's next big adventure where he will be globetrotting in the wake of the two Avengers adventures. So the title doesn't say too much. It's like a play because Homecoming was the last movie. So this is far from home and he's going to be all around. He just came back from space. There's a lot of far from home. Home is where the heart is. His heart might get ripped out because of Tony. Like, there's all these big questions of what could happen. So, I'm very interested in seeing what Spider-Man Far From Home is going to end up being like. uh, Because, possibly, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as uh, Mysterio is amazing. That's, like, fantastic casting. I'm trying to see if there was any other Spidey news. Okay, so, yeah. Spider-Man, or Tom Holland leaked it the other day. They start filming here, actually, probably in the next couple weeks. They're filming in London. They uh, shot the first film, obviously, in Atlanta. They shoot a lot of films in London, but there's another reason we're shooting in London, which is, yes, Spidey, of course, will spend time in New York, but he'll spend some time in other parts of the globe as well. So it seems like he'll be definitely kicking off the future with Amazing Spider-Man Far From Home opening July 5th of next year. So let's keep with the theme of Marvel. There are some more things to talk about in the Marvel world here. Uh, And let's go to... You know what? You guys probably need to know this. We are leading up to Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? So probably good to let you guys in on the secret that there are some post-credit scenes. It has two post-credit scenes that you cannot afford to miss. Think about this, folks. These post-credit scenes could involve... Are you ready for it? These post-credit scenes could definitely involve fallout from the Avengers Infinity War movie, teasing for the next Avengers movie. It could tease something with Captain Marvel and her future in the MCU. It could tease something we aren't even ready for, Marvel has started to pull punches and are learning really, 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 really smart ways to keep us fans on our toes by shocking us with amazing surprise cameo returns and whatnot. So there are really anything that could happen in these two post-credit scenes. I will go out on a limb and guess. Let's just, for the fuck of it all, first post-credit scene is going to be one or more people from the Ant Man and the Wasp movie fading to dust. The second post credits scene is going to be Ant Man going to the quantum space to find someone. It'll be a dual solved thing. They'll set it up in one and then give you a little short halvesy payoff. He won't solve the problem, but he's going to go to the quantum realm he's going to end up finding whoever is lost again because he'll figure it out, you know? Oh, oh my God, what if... Oh my God, that would be even crazier, you guys. Okay, so what if this is what happens instead? What if the first post-credit scene is Scott in the Quantum Realm and he's just like traveling through the Quantum Realm, just learning about it, just studying it because you got to. He's going to be able to like... Once this is all said and done, the Quantum Realm is going to be an important integral part of the MCU, just like the different multiverses that Doctor Strange brings to the table. Quantum realm, very important. So that quantum realm, right? Check this out. What if Ant-Man in the post credit scene buzzing along in the quantum realm and he all of a sudden stumbles upon Spider-Man and Black Panther and Scarlet Witch and Bucky and all the people who were in Civil War. And he's like, wait a fucking second. What are you all doing here? Like, what's happening here? And, well, we find out that he's actually in the Soul Stone. I think that would be a really clever, cool play to to to, to do that. You could. There's definitely um, a theoretical science behind why they would do that. I just hope they can execute it if they do that. And then, of course, the second one could be people like Scott's like he goes to the quantum realm like it was really hard to find where the soul stone was. But he's like, I got to get back and tell everybody like I'm going to need all the help I can get to save the Avengers. I should go get the wasp. She's my teammate. Like this whole movie was us being a fucking team. And he goes to get them and they disappeared because of the thing and that's happening as he's coming back, so they end up there, and then he's got to travel back, but he can't necessarily directly get back, and it just makes it, you set it up as a as a difficult journey for Scott so he can become this legend of a fucking hero because if he and fucking Hawkeye save all of the Avengers ultimately, shit will pop off. Fans will go nuts. That's, uh, That's the little guy winning in that situation. And that's the cool thing, man. And that's a joke. That's a pun, by the way, because Ant-Man is a little guy. Little guy. So yeah, be staying for those post credits. You don't want to miss them. Let's go. More Marvel news here. Uh, Tom Hiddleston confirmed Loki's fate. And uh, I want to actually read this quote. Um, So I've known about the scene with Thanos for two years. I met with Marvel in May of 2006, and they were actually telling me the story of Ragnarok with concepts, with concept art and images. The Russos came in and introduced, I introduced myself, so all four of us sat down and they said, this is how Infinity War begins. So he says that he explained that the knowledge affected his performance in Thor Ragnarok. My whole journey through making Thor Ragnarok he knew, I knew this was coming, that by the end of Thor Ragnarok, Loki had been accepted as Thor's brother again. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Loki's death set the stakes emotionally up. Um, it made the stakes up dramatically, actually. You know, Thanos is someone who's more dangerous than anyone we've seen before. Uh, it's really crazy. It, that'd be crazy. I think that's an interesting thing. I almost wouldn't want to know that. Like, don't fucking spoiler me like that man let me kind of blindly enjoy the experience like floating down a lazy river I don't want to know that my character's getting killed off until I'm getting killed off man isn't that how it works that's how real life works back to the theme of fucking death today apparently but like It's not like you can plan and prepare for your time, man. Like, sometimes it just fucking happens. So, like, if I was an actor and my character was going to fucking get the axe, tell me last second. I don't want to know until it's time. Like, I don't want to hold on. I want to, because then I'll be able to, like, really channel that shit and take on that emotion, because that's real, you know? Marvel Studio president, that's Kevin Feige, by the way, opened up about plans after we are done with the next Avengers 4 movie. So it's one film at a time, Feige says. Between Captain Marvel finishing in two weeks, Spider-Man starting in two weeks, Avengers 4 post getting underway right now, releasing this movie, that'd be Ant-Man and the Wasp. Everything's keeping us, all of that's keeping us busy over the next year. Um, it's about a year for the rest of those things to come. The plan forward is going to be about making a great film, as good as film as we can one after another, how they connect, how they build up, it all goes back to the comics. Comics has done a good job. Infinity War was just one mega event in the comics and the history of mega events, so who knows? Marketing is coming up with all sorts of things how to debut those plans, how to debut Captain Marvel, lots of opportunities for fun, exciting stuff coming up. And after Avengers 4, um, being less cagey about it. And I think that's kind of hard because there's a lot of potential characters. Um, that are among the list to pull from, including people like Black Panther to have their own solo movie. I know Michael Douglas recently said like, hey, give motherfucking me and motherfucking Michelle Pfeiffer a prequel movie where I'm Ant-Man. What? I mean, you could do it CGI. It it would totally work. It would be so good, especially if it was like old school war espionage movie like he's stealing, but it's like to save the universe instead of kind of like to just stop this one dude from being an asshole, which was kind of the first Ant-Man, but I love that movie, don't get me wrong. I'm just excited for the future of Marvel, guys. You guys know if you're listening, I'm a Marvel nut. Um, there's only, you know, okay, here's another thing I want to talk about. Kevin Feige's saying all kinds of different things with the Ant-Man of the Wasp movie coming out. He had a exclusive interview with ComicBook.com that we're talking about here. Uh, he said that they are still figuring what's coming out Uh, next in line after Avengers 4 and Spidey. Uh, They're still trying to figure it out. I think there's still a few more months, um, but we're not going to be seeing anything for Captain Marvel yet. It's going to be a little bit longer. Uh, He says, you guys already know as much as you need to. We've got scrolls, We've got the Kree. It takes place in the 90s. You have Sam Jackson with two eyes and Carol Danvers. A unique telling of Carol Danvers' origin story. We are about two weeks out from completion of principal photography. Uh, So when will we see a trailer? Who knows? This is all just a long chess game, folks. More Avengers news. Um, Oh, somebody. Oh, that's dumb. People are dumb. Man, can I, I don't want to, never mind, I don't want to dog on him, that's pointless. Speaking of uh, Thor Ragnarok, by the way, so there have been a lot of people that have been, like, ranking MCU, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, you know, like, ranking them on different credentials, I guess is the way to say that. Whether or not it's like, what, what's the funniest movies in the MCU? What are the saddest movies in the MCU? What are the dumbest movies? Well, somebody created a, a credential for what is the gayest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Quote, unquote, gayest. And I hate that word, but it's fine. So, I don't I don't. That sounded bad. I don't hate gay people, folks. You guys know that. I hate the labeling of. Anyways. So, what is the gayest film in the MCU, you might ask? Thor Ragnarok. And actually, Taika Waititi said that he's so thrilled. Vulture ranked, what is the gayest Marvel movie? And Thor Ragnarok won straight up. Yas. Take that, Iron Man, Taika Waititi says. That's awesome. Taika Waititi's badass. I like that guy. He's funny as shit. Oh, I read that too. Uh, so the other thing I read from Dan Slott was the Iron Man book that just came out. Tony Stark, Iron Man. And it was pretty great. Uh, it shows Tony with lots of new tech and like really sets the stage up. I'm not really sure where they're going to go from here. The story's pretty basic. It was cool. It featured a cameo from Fing Fang Foom. And... Overall, I really enjoyed this book. It was a great thing for Dan Slott uh, because... You know, he just did a good job of telling an interesting story about Tony being this kid who just is too smart for his own damn good and doesn't even realize it, being Tony Stark. And then that harkening back to his modern life and how he'd had to like uh, essentially decide to uh, put the past behind him in favor of moving forward and and whatnot. I thought it was great. If you have a chance, I'm not going to spoil the story because I think it's. Uh, I don't know. It's not like with the with the Amazing Spider Man eight hundred one. That story in and of itself is just interesting because they had like a lot of parallels talking about uncles and the importance of uncles and like all of that stuff. And then I've got all this shit going on, and it was just uh, it was just funny timing. It's weird how shit like that works out, you know. Uh, the universe definitely jabs you while also like pushing you along, going here, move along, like you're going on the right path. So we've only got a few things left to talk about here, folks. And uh, let's just, I want to read this. So this is from Kevin Smith. He posted this on his Twitter. It's the Sundance Film Festival letter that was sent to him November 24th of 93. Uh, essentially accepting clerks to the Sundance Film Festival. It says, Dear Kevin, as you already know, your film has been selected as one of the 34 films that will be shown in the Independent Feature Film Competition at the 1994 Sundance Film Festival. On behalf of Robert Redford and the entire staff of the Sundance Institute, we congratulate you for your outstanding achievement and commitment to independent film. We feel this year's program comprises an extraordinary group of film, all of which exhibit diversity and courage. Your film contributes strongly to the program, and your vision adds spirit to the group. The festival will be held in customary Park City, Utah location from January 20th to 30th, 94. We look forward to meeting you there and sharing in your excitement. From this point on, our Utah office will handle all of your arrangements, including travel, lodging, tickets. Um, the managing director of Sundance Institute and her Utah staff share, will share in welcoming you. This, uh, the enclosed information will further explain the details of your arrangements. We wish you the best in your endeavors over the next few weeks. See you there. Kindest personal regards, Sundance Film Festival programming staff the letter that changed Kevin Smith's life, and he went on to work on Clerks, and now he's looking fucking swank, man, he's down a whole shit ton of weight, he looks like a whole different person now, Uh, but not in a bad way, it's just like he's, he's kicked a shit ton of ass, and that heart attack that almost took him, he decided to punch back, and he looks like he's feeling better, and is looking better, and He said, uh, visited a place that he'd been going to for over a decade. Since he's lost weight, he was looking to get some new jeans, but I was shocked and delighted to hear we are a specialty store. We don't carry jeans that small. He's lost too much weight to buy jeans at big and tall stores. Let's face it, tall was never (laughs) my issue. This Weight Watchers ambassador was so happy, he bought a few suit jackets to celebrate. Feeling fitter, not bitter. Kevin Smith. Wow, man, he looks great. I mean he's cut. I mean not cut, but he just he looks his physique looks better. It's gotta feel good to not feel like that. It sucks that he had to go through a heart attack and whatnot, but it's 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 good to see that he's good. Um so that's a dumb article. I do wanna say there's some blind bag uh several blind bags. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting how they're gonna do it. So Image Comics and Skybound announced on Wednesday that this year's Walking Dead Day, previously announced as October 13, in celebration of the series' 15th anniversary, will feature collectible blind bag editions of Milestone Issues. Fans will experience the thrill of surprise when they purchase any of the Walking Dead blind bag variant editions. Uh, Each of the following issues will be available to purchase as a blind bag item where customers have a chance to opening one of multiple trade dress variants, color sketch version, etc., of each iconic issue. Covers will feature art by J. Scott Campbell, Jay Heron, Emma Rossi, Declan Schlavi, and Sana Takeda. Many other exciting to be announced artists, and they will retail for $3.99 each. Here are the major issues that you will have an opportunity at getting variants for. Holy shit. Number one, number two, number seven. Okay, so number one, number two, obviously, first two issues. Number seven the burial of Shane, technically the death of Shane. Number 19, the first appearance of Michonne. Number 27, the first appearance of Governor. 48, the death of uh, Tyrese. It's the death of Tyrese, the death of Lori, the death of Judith. Uh, 53, the first debut appearance of Abraham. 92, the first appearance of Mr. Uh, Jesus. Uh, 98, which would have been first appearance of or oh 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 that would have been uh the death of Abraham, I think I think so because then one hundred's the death of Glenn, 108's eight's the first appearance of ezekiel one twenty seven's the time jump one thirty eight's the first appearance of alpha one sixty seven is the bite that took andrea out one seventy one is recent cool. Man, that's exciting. I'm stoked to check those out. Only a couple more things left to go today, folks. We're talking about Robert Kirkman's The Walking Dead. And speaking of Robert Kirkman, get ready to get hyped for another comic book-based thing as Amazon will be bringing an Invincible TV series to their services. Now, if you guys don't know about Invincible, it's uh, Robert Kirkman's superhero story. Invincible is the character. He's like their Superman it's very interesting. We were reading it uh, back in the day. I need to pick that back up and actually get back into that. It was really good. But Amazon Studios has picked it up and it's, uh, I mean, <clears throat> only behind The Walking Dead is Invincible and then only behind that is uh, Outcast. you know. So Robert Kirkman is, he's making all that television money at this point because he's doing good in comics, but your, if your adaptations can make you money on the silver screen, that's where you kill it, man. So I'm excited. Invincible should be a great thing. I can't wait. I don't know when that'll be out. I would say, uh, let's see if they actually say anything about when it'll come out. Uh, it does not say. But here's a official word from Kirkman himself who says, I couldn't be more proud of the series Corey Walker, Ryan Otley, and I did together for over fifteen years to know our characters will live on in multiple iterations and other media is almost too exciting to bear. What Amazon is allowing to do allowing us to do in animated form. Oh my god, it's gonna be a fully animated show is nothing short of groundbreaking, and I can't wait for our rabid fan base to experience it. Whoa, that's awesome. That could just be moving comics. I'm super excited on that. Back to the Avengers stuff. I totally forgot this. I wanted to say that uh, James Gunn confirmed something that's very important. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, it's going to take place after Infinity War and after Part 4, I'm pretty sure. So, guess what? It's possible we'll have a whole new team of Guardians. I doubt it, but it's possible. But I highly doubt it. They're not going to uproot their whole team in favor of a new team for the end of their trilogy. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. So don't worry, folks. You'll have your Guardians back. They'll come. They'll kick ass. Speaking of the Guardians, it seems that uh, there has been a spotting of the possible Easter egg in the first Guardians movie. And I'm here to tell you about it. It's actually the location of Nowhere uh in the guardians movies every location that you see on screen has a like set of numbers under it like L4QX B107284937650141 or some shit you know those are actually translatable uh, and translatable by way of you can use different uh methods with numerology to decipher secrets that are some of James Gunn's really ultra-hidden easter eggs. Officially Revenge of the Yawns, maybe? It's not time for that title. That whole series might be dead. Anyways, so, uh, Nowhere, which we were in Nowhere in the first Guardians. We were in Nowhere in Infinity War. But in the first Guardians, we go to Nowhere, and the little thing text says where they're at if you translate the number under where it says nowhere to leet speak, if you guys don't know what leet speak, it's like nerd speak. Uh, like 7331 is leet, I do believe. Or No, no, 1337 is leet. My bad, I fucking did that dyslexically. So 1337 L-E-E-T, right? So if you do that, you get Meredith Quill... BD. What? Meredith Quill BD. How's that a fucking Easter egg? That don't mean shit. Meredith Quill, her baby daddy, is a what? What was nowhere? The head of a celestial. What is ego? A celestial head that can become anything. Crazy, right? That could be the Easter egg. Who knows? We're not sure yet. We'll see if that if that shakes out. Maybe. I've been going through cra- I got a bunch of crazy theories about Guardians recently because I'm trying to figure out this Easter egg thing like everybody else that's still caring about that, I guess. But uh, one of the things I was considering is like, when you listen to the Guardians Awesome Mix Volume 1 and 2, if you think about Ego and know that he knew Everything that was coming, right? He knew he would eventually not stay with Meredith. He knew that he couldn't live on a planet without her, so he decided to kill her and whatnot. But if you listen to all those songs and think about, like, Ego had his hand in Meredith listening to some of those songs. I'm Not In Love by 10CC and uh, some of the sadder songs, Go All The Way and whatnot uh, the Pina Colada song, it's all telling you that Ego's a fucking player, like, that he's just fucking around, and there's tons of people in his world, ha, funny, because it is his world, and that's another cool little easter egg, uh, that, that one doesn't matter, but anyways, yeah, folks, man, it's weird, this has been a very strange episode of JIC, because I feel like I, like, had a little breakdown in the first part of this and then just went into telling you guys all this shit that's been going on in the news and all this, like, different comic booky and things. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for the future, as I always say, in what's going on uh, with the comics and whatnot. Uh, I'm going to be working my took us off to get this episode to you guys as quickly as possible. Right now, some of you Midnight Oilers are going, oh, there's no new journey into comics. What the fuck? Well, not now, because you're deep in listening. You're like, oh, there it is. But I'm acknowledging those of you who are patiently waiting for me to finish this episode up. So I think that's going to do it. As always, folks, you can check out the Journey into Comics podcast and network at journeyintocomics.com. You can get all of our shows, one feed, no bullshit, no drama, no fuss. We like podcasting. You like listening. Come check us out. You guys go to your different podcasting apps, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music. We're now on Spotify. Go to any of those places, search Journey Into Comics Network. You can get all nine of our shows. That's Journey Into Comics. The Poor Rapport, Journey Into Wrestling, Foodies Watching Movies, Adulting Ain't Easy, "Podcastrophe," The Voice of Survival, Podcast, Kids for Sale, and Bruise with Dudes, including... Your Sunday special where you get the best of the week. Highlights of all the different shows across the network this week. That's all we're bringing you. Seven days a week of content, folks. And guess what? The best thing is, if you don't want to wait till release day, if you want to hear this shit typically early, you can actually go to our Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com backslash JourneyIntoComics. Give us $1. That gives you early access. Give you three. Give us $3. No, we're not giving you $3. You're giving us $3. Give us $3. You're going to get early access and exclusive content. And guess what? If you give us $100, you're going to get a sculpt of Dick's dick. You're going to get a dick dick. It's a double dicking with a free mini dick known as the Tyler. Anyways, folks, this has been Journey into Comics 197. We are not too far from home here. That's probably not the episode title, but it'll be something like that. I'll figure it out. Once this episode is edited, and I'm like, oh fuck, what do I name this? That's the weirdest part about this show. All the shows, any show, naming things is tough, folks, but I digress. Thank you guys so much for listening to this very strange, bizarre, fun, weird episode of Journey into Comics. If you want, give us feedback on iTunes. Give us whatever star rating you feel we deserve. And also, Journey into Comics Podcast at gmail.com. Email us your thoughts, your questions, your concerns, your complaints, your ideas. Do you want to see a cool, like, uh, some sort of segment on our show? Come up with it. Throw it our way. We'll use it. We'll do it. I'll do it. I'll try it. I don't give a shit. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody, I'm into it. It'll be fun. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for Journey into Comics 197. I am your host, Nate. As always, be breezy, take it easy, tip your cap back, and fill. Your brains with shit. Later.